We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Hey, welcome back to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in today. And, and by the way, if you want to send me an email, I always love hearing from listeners. Always. Uh, I'm going to give you the email address for my law firm. It's B Young because let's face it, it's good to be young, right? B Y O U N G at harrisdowell.com. H A R R I S is in Sam, D is in David, O W E L L.com. That's my law firm, Harris Dowell Fisher and Young. Anytime you want to send me an email, I respond to all listeners and I thoroughly enjoy it. This is normally the time of day if I were filling in on a regular day for Mark, that we'd have Sue's news. But Sue's not here. I'm looking at her chair, and it's empty. Her chair is empty. So we have no Sue's news. Why? Because it's a holiday. She's off just like Mark is, uh, just like the legendary Fred Bottomer is off today. And uh, and that's why I'm in. And I'm as I said last hour, not only am I not off today, I'm literally working two jobs today. So I'm here so they can be off and you can enjoy good radio. So that's the that's what I'm doing today. So I was trying to think what would be a good Sue's News story. And I, I did come up with uh, with at least one of them. And I don't think she would approve of the other one I'm going to go through. But one in particular I think is very funny. Did, did you hear about, and this happened, uh, this happened about a week and a half ago. You're familiar with the, the stealing and the thefts that are involved with catalytic converters. People crawl under a car. They've got a battery-powered saw. And literally within about 90 seconds, a thief can saw off a catalytic converter and sell it either for people who for resales or for the parts that are in it can be melted down and it's worth far more than the catalytic converter. So people steal these and it's just a plague. It's happening all over the place. It's happening in St. Louis. Uh, it may have even happened to you. But but somebody, and this is so rude, somebody actually stole the catalytic converter from the world-famous Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Now, I'm not, I'm not making this up. Somebody, craw- and, and, I'm, and please don't make jokes here. People crawled under the Wienermobile and stole the catalytic converter. Now, how how rude is that? How 
abominable is it? If you're going to steal a catalytic converter, you steal it from the Wienermobile? Come on. The Wienermobile is iconic. It's fantastic. I've seen it a couple of times at events that I've been to over the years, and it just makes you laugh when you see it. Who would steal the catalytic converter from that? But what happened over the weekend is that uh, PETA, you've heard of PETA, right? Uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. I I belong to PETA, but the PETA that I belong to is a little different. I, I belong to an organization called PETA, which stands for People for the Eating of Tasty Animals. That's the PETA that I belong to. But, but the real PETA has offered to pay for the repair of the catalytic converter. So the, the president of PETA, uh, her name is Ingrid Newkirk, she made the offer, but the offer was conditional. You know what a conditional offer is? I'll give you this if you will do that. So the, the repair of the Wienermobile at the expense of PETA, would be done on one condition. And that condition is that the Wienermobile goes vegan. So so PETA suggested something like the not-dog-mobile or something similar. You got to change the name of the Wienermobile to represent vegan. And if you do that, Heinz, we, PETA, will pay for the repair of the catalytic converter uh, uh, that was stolen from the Wienermobile. Now, I got to tell you, this was not this was not welcomed uh, at Oscar Mayer. It, it was not. But but the, this this director of PETA goes through and tries to give all the reasons why people shouldn't be eating hot dogs. And listen, I'll be the first to tell you, uh, if you're eating nothing but hot dogs three meals a day. You got problems, okay? You're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to be like that guy that uh, that did nothing but eat McDonald's for 30 days and almost died, okay? Eating McDonald's is great. Don't do it every day. Uh, eating a hot dog now and again is fine. We have cookouts at my house, and I cook burgers, brats, and hot dogs. Uh, it's not going to kill you. Uh, but eating it every day obviously isn't going to be good for you. But... Again, getting back to this offer that PETA made, uh, Heinz said, not going to happen. And here, here's, here's what the, uh, a spokesperson for Kraft Heinz said uh, over the weekend regarding this offer. And I'm quoting here, quote, we received a letter and we respectfully declined their offer as our Wienermobile is all fixed up and back on the road. Giving people a variety of high-quality, delicious food options is important to us, and we have long offered many plant-based options, unquote. And then it goes on to turn it into a spot for for craft, which I'm I'm not going to give them. But can you imagine if the Wienermobile became the not dogmobile? I mean, that would be just that would be just rude. It would be wrong. It would be an abomination because. The Wienermobile stands for everything that's good about this country, about America. It's freedom on the road. It's eating junk food and enjoying it. And and that's the quintessential American idealism, freedom. And it represents all of those things. And yet the PETA wants it to be the not-dogmobile. Never going to happen. Never, ever going to happen. And I applaud Kraft Heinz for standing up to the uh, to the PETA folks.
But speaking of animals, I, something happened down in Florida. If you've ever been down in Florida, I've been down at the uh, uh, in Florida in the Everglades. One of the problems that they have in the Everglades right now is with Burmese pythons. Have you ever seen one of these Burmese pythons? They're enormous, and they're not native to Florida. They're 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 native to Malaysia and Asia, and uh, they they basically somebody threw a Burmese python, a female Burmese python that was pregnant into the water in the in there, thinking they were doing a good thing, and now they're killing the native species in the Florida Everglades. So. In fact, I, I was doing some research on this. Yes, I'm bored. And uh, and there are uh, each Burmese python can lay between 50 to 100 eggs at a time. And in the past 20 years, more than 17,000 wild Burmese pythons have been removed from Florida. So one of the things is in Florida, they have contests to see who could bring in the most Burmese pythons killed, of course, uh, because you're helping protect the native species in Florida by killing out these Burmese pythons. So one of the ways that researchers have figured out how to track and find these Burmese pythons is a very unique and creative way of tracking them. And they do this. They put a tracking collar on possums because the researchers figured out that Burmese pythons find possums to be very tasty treats. And so they put GPS tracking collars on these python, on these uh, uh, possums and they let them go. And then when the tracking stops moving, because possums move a lot, and when they look at the tracker and the tracking device isn't moving, like the Burmese python has just eaten the tasty possum and is taking a little snooze as we like to do after a big meal, then they go in and they can find the Burmese python because they just follow the tracking device that isn't moving. And what a creative, inventive way of finding these Burmese pythons. But it reminded me of a story with a possum. And this was probably 25 years ago. I had a, I've got a black lab. I love black lab dogs. And 25 years ago, I'm living in Florissant, Missouri. And... My black lab was in the backyard. We had a fenced-in backyard, and my dog didn't bark very much. And so I could litter in the backyard, and she wouldn't bother the neighbors because she didn't bark. And yet what happened was she started barking one night, just bark, 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 started barking her head off. And so I go out in the backyard to see what the, what's the problem. And on our fence, because our yard had a fence and the neighbor behind us had a fence, and there was a little space in between the two fences. But on our fence was a possum. And this possum was hissing at my dog, <laughs> was hissing at my black lab. So my black lab's barking, and the possum is sitting there hissing, <laughs> hissing, at the, hissing at my dog. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this possum's going to hurt my dog. I, I got I to gotta protect my dog. So I go in the house or in the garage and I get a shovel and I come out and I hit this possum with a shovel and the possum falls in between the two fences, but it's not really hurt all that much. It's still hissing at my dog. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I hit this thing with a shovel and it, it didn't, didn't really hurt him because it's a possum. So if I'm going to do something here, I got I to gotta kill the possum. 
So it's about dusk. It's slightly after dusk at night. And, of course, we're in suburbia of Florida. And I go inside my house, and I get a twenty-two revolver. And I'm thinking, this isn't going to be too loud. It's a twenty-two. How loud is a twenty-two? So I go out in the yard, and there's the, there's the possum. He's still sitting there <laughs> hissing at my dog. And so I put the barrel of my twenty-two revolver pistol right between the possum's eyes. And then I squeeze the trigger. And, folks, I got to tell you, you've never heard anything that sounded so loud. It sounded like Clint Eastwood with a 44 Magnum. This boom goes off because all the houses echoed and reflected the sound of the 22. So all of a sudden on the back porches everywhere, lights are blinking on because someone just shot a gun in the neighborhood. So now, now I'm thinking, and, of course, I hit this possum right between the eyes. I'm thinking, oh, great, now the cops are going to come. So I run in the house, and I'm waiting for the cops to show up. Thankfully, they never showed up, but I waited a couple of hours. Nobody showed up. So I go back out in the yard thinking, now i got to clean up this dead possum in my backyard. So I go out there with a shovel and a trash bag, and I'm going to pick up this dead possum and put him in a trash bag. But when I go to the backyard, the possum's gone. And so I'm thinking some other animal must have drug it away because I shot him right between the eyes. And, uh, you know, who can survive that? So I go back in the house. About two weeks later, my dog is barking, barking, barking again. She's going crazy, barking, barking, barking. And I'm thinking, oh, great. What's going on? So I go out in the yard with a flashlight because now it's like 10 o'clock at night. So I go out in there with a flashlight. And I'm thinking, what's got my dog riled up this time? In my neighbor's yard, I see a possum. And as I shine the light and I walk up on this possum, I'm thinking, what, is this old family of possums back here? What's going on? And when as I'm shining the light on this possum, I'm looking at him. And he's, of course, hissing at me again. <laughs> and as I shine the light on him, I see a bullet hole between his eyes. This is the same possum that I hit with a shovel, and that I shot in the head with a pistol, and this possum is still alive and well. And I thought, you know, I could go get a gun right now and shoot him again, but God bless you. You survived the shovel. You survived a pistol shot to the head. I'm just going to keep my dog in the house for a couple of days until you wander away. So, yes, when I see stories about snakes eating possums, I think that's a fantastic story because I've got this kind of a hate-hate relationship with possums, and obviously Burmese pythons do as well. Hey, coming up after the break, we're going to take a break here, but after the break, we're going to get an update on the war in Ukraine and also how the Russian strategy here in Ukraine is abysmal. It's not working, and we're going to talk to nationally syndicated columnist Charles Lipson next right here on the conservative voice of St. Louis, 97.1 FM Talk. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in this afternoon on this gorgeous President's Day. And uh, as you woke up this morning, you saw the news that President Biden traveled to Kiev today to meet with President Zelensky one year after Russia's illegal and brutal war began. But what's interesting is we seem to be at a turning point in the war. That's why I wanted to reach out to syndicated columnist and friend of the show, Charles Lipson, who wrote on this very topic very recently. Charles, great to talk to you again, as always. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brad. And uh, there's plenty of news today. Oh, there there is. But uh, your column that came out just a few days ago is entitled Putin's Inhumane War Strategy is Backfiring. So, so let's start with this. How did the war in Ukraine change after Russia failed to capture Kiev? It, it changed because Russia's strategy uh, changed. The original strategy was a kind of blitzkrieg uh, to take the capital and decapitate the regime, which would then, um, which would then uh, lead to Russia gaining political control of the country. They could either incorporate the entire country or parts of it and have a subordinate regime in place in Kiev. When that failed, they moved back to what I would call the traditional Russian way of war, which is uh, what in the old days Woody Hayes, who was the old coach at Ohio State, used to call three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, you would just go straight ahead, use as many men as you can. It was blunt force Mm -hmm. using cannon fodder and a lot of artillery and that uh, with no regard for human life, either your own or the other sides. And that's exactly what Russia has been doing for the last year. Yeah, and, and in fact, I believe it was last week, I, as I was reading, because I'm, I'm captivated by this, I read stories every day about the latest in Ukraine, and the, the losses have certainly been horrendous. So while Russia continues to target civilian infrastructure with missiles and drones, isn't Russia essentially using their unskilled and newly recruited soldiers Basically, you said the word cannon fodder, but that's really, isn't it what it is by just sending in these unskilled soldiers so they'll be shot by the Ukrainian army as, as for targeting purposes so the Russian army can then target the Ukrainian soldiers? That's part of it. That's a large part of it. And then what they do is they want to follow up. They want to use the artillery and the cannon fodder to soften up the Ukrainians and then uh, use more experienced, uh, battle-hardened soldiers 
behind them to come in, and uh, if they found a weak spot uh, or whatever, then to to exploit it. So that's what they're trying to do. But the whole strategy is a war crime on just so many different levels. What's surprising to me, Brad, is uh, that we've really had almost no justification for the large expenditure of money and material, not men, but money and material that the United States has put into the war. President Biden is really so such an inept public speaker, probably oh, the most yes. inept since Lyndon Johnson. Uh, he's not really been out to make a public case to Americans for why people in um, in Missouri or Illinois should pay uh, for what is obviously a brave struggle in Ukraine. We, we, we have no doubt about their bravery and our ability to help. But the question is, why? Why is it in America's interest? And that's a good point. And, and what I hear oftentimes, of course, we're talking to nationally syndicated columnist Charles Lipson. Charles, what I hear so often is, in fact, I just heard it this morning, where some Democrats are using it as talking points against Republicans to say that so-and-so who's a Republican doesn't want to give Ukraine a blank check. And from my perspective, I don't think that anything in this country deserves a blank check, whether it's the Defense Department, and I'm the most pro-defense guy you'll ever meet, but, but no part of our government should ever have a, quote, blank check, unquote. So, so why is it? What's the the philosophy here where Democrats and progressives who are normally completely against a strong defense are suddenly enamored by empowering Ukraine against Russia. Why is that? Yeah. uh, And let me add to that. I mean, I think you're exactly right in posing that question. And I would just add, uh, Donald Trump today said, you know, uh, Biden shouldn't be in uh, uh, Kiev. He should be in Ohio. Well, he in a way, you should be in both. But I mean, it, 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 there's a kind of the, the left uh, in the Democratic Party wants all money to go into social programs. Um, and um, the right on the Republican side is really split between those who are Reagan Republicans who uh, believe in a strong defense and, and uh, the like. And those who are much more isolationist, uh, which is a, a theme that uh, the Republicans have had within the party that goes back to the late 40s and um, <clears throat> and Robert Taft of Ohio, Mr. Republican, who Dwight Eisenhower beat out for the nomination. But you can see that this is a very strong uh, movement within the Republican Party. My own view is that as long as we don't really put boots on the ground, it's absolutely critical that Ukraine win and that we uh, and that we support them uh, uh, in a uh, in a more full-hearted and rapid way than we have been. I mean, I'm very attentive to the fact uh, that Russia threatens nuclear escalation. I think that's a rem- you can't discount that, but uh, we. We've tried to make it very clear uh, that there would be that it would essentially end Russia as they know it, not because we would nuclear attack them, but our conventional forces would destroy uh, what's left of their army. But if Russia, Russia believes it can outlast 
the United States. That's mm-hmm. what's important about Biden's visit today. It's a commitment to stay in this. That was what was important about Putin's annexing those four areas, even though he didn't control them. That was saying, I'm really committed to staying in this fight. So uh, if we, if there's a question about our ability to outlast them, then we have to give Ukraine the resources to win more yes. quickly than that. Very good. We're, we're talking to syndicated columnist Charles Lipson, and you, you talked about the, the Russian strategy, how it changed once they were unable to capture Kiev in the opening right. days and weeks of the war. But from a strategic standpoint, does Putin have any valid options at this point other than simply doubling down on the failed strategy that actually created this mess? No, I don't think he does. Uh, and I don't think uh, escalating to a nuclear uh, level will help him on the battlefield. I, th- I think he does have better options operationally than those that he's used. They've attacked in two, on too many fronts. One of the uh, key points of all military strategy is that you should concentrate your forces and try to achieve a breakthrough. But what we've seen... Uh, we saw it at the beginning uh, of the war. They didn't just attack to take Ukraine, I mean, to take Kiev, the capital. They attacked in the Donbass, and they mm-hmm. attacked in Crimea, and they attacked all over, and they spread out their resources as such. And I think now what you see is that they are trying really to take the Donbass, and what we don't know is whether they will launch a renewed big offensive either in the Donbass, which is the east, or whether they'll try to come down from Belarus and retake Kiev, which is a fool's errand. Yeah, and, and Russia's intent, I was thinking about this earlier today, Charles, that mm-hmm. Russia's intent was to absorb Ukraine into Russia and continue to move uh, southwest into Moldova and follow this pattern that was laid out by Alexander Dugan to kind of recreate the Soviet Union, and also he wanted to fracture NATO. But isn't it interesting that Russia not only failed to achieve any of these goals, but actually they achieved the opposite. They've strengthened Ukraine. I read that Ukraine is now like the fifth country in the world in terms of the number of tanks that they have because they've captured them all from Russia. And now we have more countries joining NATO. NATO seems to be more aligned now than before. So not only has Russia failed to achieve its goals They've actually achieved the opposite of their goals. Yeah, Putin's a master strategist. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say there are uh, there are uh, cracks in the NATO foundation, and the longer the war goes, the more Putin thinks that those cracks might come through. I, I actually think Biden, who I am not a big supporter of, take my word. Uh, I think he's done a good job in keeping the alliance together, but he's done it by moving slowly, and that's been very costly Mm -hmm. in Ukraine. And what I'm saying now is, uh, and I think the leaders have been Poland and Britain, and I think that we've come in behind them dragging Germany and France along along with us. Good, Good point. We're talking to syndicated columnist Charles Lipson, and and you called or you characterized Russia's strategy here as a war of attrition. But at least from my perspective, that cannot succeed because Russia currently lacks the industrial capability 
to replenish the equipment that it's losing. So here's my question. Yep. How, how might China factor in to Putin's equation for victory when it comes to industrial capacity? Well, it could give Russia quite a lot. But uh, I think that the problem, and I've said all along that there were people all along who said, uh, who, who were trying to figure out the Chinese angle on this. But I would say that China has, has been very worried uh, about uh, Russia launching this unsuccessful war. Uh, the fact that Russia has had to go to uh, Iran, China, North Korea for, um, for replacement uh, equipment is a sign of how weak the Russian economy is. To go back to the 19th century in Austria-Hungary, you can't be a great power without a big, strong economy. If you could, uh, then Israel would be one of the world's greatest uh, powers. It's a regional power, but it's not one of the world's great powers. Poland would be a great power. It's not. It's a regional power. And what Putin is trying to do Uh, really is use old Soviet equipment and lots of ammunition, which they have. They have old tubes to fire it and a lot of old ammunition, and they have a lot of uh, uh, people to throw in as cannon fodder, and they have a docile population that's been unwilling to rise up. So, And I think he's all in because I think he feels like if he loses, and I think he's accurate in this, if he loses, he won't be retiring uh, to a DACA somewhere no. on the uh, on the Black Sea. He'll be retiring to an underground bunker in which he's in a coffin. Yeah, because leaders like this only go out one way from what I believe the old Soviet regime called it lead poisoning. Uh, the, the, <laughs> that, that's about the only way they go out is from lead poisoning, if you know what I mean. We're talking to Charles Lipson, and Charles, uh, your articles, I never miss a one of them. I read your columns and articles every week. And how can listeners sign up to receive email copies of your columns, regardless of where those columns are actually printed? Well, I post them all at charleslipson.com, L-I-P-S-O-N, charleslipson.com. And uh, if they uh, sign up there, uh, I'll, I'll send them a summary of each article, and they can go to the article. Uh, it's easy to unsubscribe to. It's all free. So um, I'm, I'm happy to, to have them. And I know you've been reading them because each week you seem smarter and smarter. <laughs> what a backhanded compliment. Yes, I'm reading your articles, and I'm getting smarter and smarter. But that's yeah, true for anyone. That reads your yeah, articles, I Charles. I tell my graduate students sometimes, I will say to them, you know, that was a surprisingly smart comment. <laughs> I had law school professors that said the same things uh, to me as well. Charles Lipson, it's always a joy to talk to you, my friend. And uh, thanks for taking time to talk to us today here on 97.1 FM Talk. Great to talk to you, Brad. Talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to check in with Matt Pauly uh, from Camo X Sports. He's... Boy, he's got a cush assignment right now. He's at spring training. He's enjoying the sun, enjoying Florida while we're right here. But we're going to make him work a little bit here after the break and fill us in on what's going on with the Cardinals in spring training next on 97.1 FM Talk. Back to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in this afternoon. And spring training is heating up right now in Jupiter, Florida. 
And we have our man in Florida, Matt Pauley, KMOX Sports, reporting from Cardinal Spring Training. Hey, Matt, are you sunburned yet? All right, we're talking to Matt Pauley. Hey, Matt. Oh, well, it looks like uh, we got some technical problems here. You got me? Oh, there we go. Hey, Matt, how you doing, my friend? I am good. So to answer the uh, sunburn question, uh, I've done a pretty good job on using the, you know, the spray lotion. Uh-huh. Uh, I went, I went for a walk yesterday and I was trying to avoid the, uh, the farmer's tan. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I pulled back the, uh, the sleeves on the t-shirt that I was mm-hmm. wearing. And this morning I woke up with burnt shoulders, but outside <sighs> of the shoulders, I've done a pretty good job. See, uh, I was at I, I love, my family and I. We go to spring training uh, up until COVID. We would go about every year or every other year. Loved it. But see, unlike you, I'm follically challenged. So uh, I was in the bleachers one day for a spring training game, and you could fry an egg on my head. So, uh, you, but you don't have that problem because you know, you're 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 rocking a good head of hair there. But let, let's uh, let's take care of those shoulders. Yes, uh, I, I I like my hair. I don't know if I I changed. I haven't seen you in a while. Generally, we run into each other uh, for the first time since high school. I changed my hairstyle about three weeks ago. So, Brad, get ready to be even more impressed with my wow. hair next time you see me. I know, but listen, uh, don't don't uh, don't get too excited, Matt, because it's easy. It's not hard to impress me with hair. Okay, any any hair to me is impressive. So uh, I'm not, it doesn't take much. Hey, also for me. The, the most exciting aspect of this year's spring training is Wilson Contreras. Now, there's, there's no question that he'll provide more offense than what we saw from Yachty over the past few seasons. But, but over the past few days, and this is what I want to ask you about, rumors have been coming from the Chicago Cubs clubhouse that Contreras didn't meet the defensive expectations of Cubs manager David Ross. Here's my question. From what you've seen so far or what you've heard, any concerns on your part regarding Wilson Contreras? Okay, so he's not a very good pitch framer. We can we can say that. Uh, I think they're working with him on that a lot. And bluntly, that is something that in coming years is going to matter less and less because at some point in time, we're going to have some version of an automated strike zone, whether it's just uh, by being able to challenge ball strike calls or if it's an actual full automated zone. So if there's one area of a catcher that it's open, that, that you can deal with that, maybe that's where we're at right now, which is very different than what we'd be saying years ago, because in recent years, stealing strikes had really become a thing. Uh, in terms of being a receiver, in terms of uh, being able to throw out runners, I mean, this guy's got a hose for an arm. Uh, so I think he's not Yadier Molina. Anybody who's going to put him up to the defensive standard of Yadier Molina is going to be disappointed. But to try to portray him as a bad defensive catcher, and the, I was saying those kind of things before they signed him, and then you start to dig in on him a little bit, and you really look at his skill set. This guy's fine, and I think the Cardinals are going to make him just that much better. Mm. If that sort of stuff is coming out of the Cubs clubhouse, what's going on here is you know, Cubs people who cover the Cubs, Cubs fans, are pretty upset about the fact that Wilson Contreras is a Cardinal. So I think this is revisionist history. Interesting. From the Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of new additions, uh, the Cardinals just picked up Anthony Masevich from the Royals. Uh, this isn't a pitcher that I was very familiar with. What do we know about Masevich? Yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to battle for a job. He throws a lot too. Like he's, uh, I think he's 
fifth in baseball and in innings pitched uh, out of the bullpen over the last three years or somewhere. And if I don't have that stat exactly right, I'm at least in the ballpark. And uh, so that's a, that's a value to be able to have somebody who can just take the ball over and over and over. You can never have too many relief pitchers. That's the spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. The guys are always coming up and down from Memphis. You deal with injuries, you deal with all kinds of other things. So just a nice piece to add to uh, the bullpen. And he's going to be here competing for a job. Good. We're, we're talking to Matt Pauly, KMOX Sports uh, from Jupiter, Florida. And, Matt, uh, Ali Marmol has been talking up Tyler O'Neill this week. But isn't the real question about O'Neill not so much his ability, but his availability due to yeah. recurring injuries? Yeah, absolutely. And that was the focus for him this offseason. You know, he's obviously a built dude. And he changed up his workout regimen this year to, you know, more flexibility and things like that. And I, I think he looks trimmer. Like he's always been in great shape. He looks trimmer to me uh, just when I, when I see him. And I, I don't know if that's, you know, the, me hearing what was said about what he did in the off season. And then all of a sudden me thinking something like that. Focus this off season to work out in a way that would help his body get through the rigors of a 162 mm-hmm. game season. If he can do that, I mean, he's, he's the only outfielder on this roster who has ever put up big numbers for an entire season. Lars Newtbar did it the final two, three months of the season last year, but Dylan Carlson hasn't done it for a full year. Juan Yepes hasn't done it for a full year. There is one player on this roster who has put together a full season of really good offensive production, and he was a top 10 MVP guy two years ago. If you get that version of Tyler O'Neill back, that's the big bat that everybody wanted the Cardinals to sign this offseason. Interesting. Uh, I want to move to prospects. Jordan Walker. Everybody's talking about Jordan Walker. He's currently at the top of the prospects list. And the, the Cardinals, at least from my perspective, have been clear. Jordan Walker will have every opportunity uh, to make the opening day roster this year. Uh, but it's already been reported that, that and I think this is interesting, that Jordan Walker has even been training with Cardinals legend Jose Okendo to prove his defensive skills. How soon do you think it'll be until we see Jordan Walker? Yeah, I think it's 50-50 on the opening day roster. I really do. Uh, he has performed at every level he's ever been at. And he, like you said, he's going to be given every opportunity to win a job. Now, he is somebody he's not going to win the job as a fifth outfielder. If he's the fifth outfielder, he's going to go to Memphis and play every day. There is uh, you cannot take a prospect of his right. level and have him sit the bench a lot. So essentially he has to make the team as a top three outfielder. He has to move in front of Tyler O'Neill, Lars Newtbar, Dylan Carlson, Juan Yepes, Alec Burleson. He's got to be in front of what I'm doing math in my head. What four of those guys or three of <laughs> yeah. those guys to make He's in one of those top three spots. If he does that, then he'll be on the roster. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they're going to be, they're going to a be very careful and they're going to make sure that they don't stunt his development. So they'll send him to Memphis if he's not going to win a starting job. But if he makes this team, he is going to be in one of those corner outfield spots and he might be there for the next 10 years. Wow. That's amazing. We're talking to Matt Pauly, KMOX Sports, uh, calling in live from Jupiter, Florida. And with the retirement of Albert Pujols, the Cardinals lost their main designated hitter from last year. So, Matt, how will the Cardinals fill this position in 2023? It's 
a couple ways. Uh, first off, what they were planning on doing last year, and then they could not do, but for a good reason, because Pujols performed at such a high level, uh, they're going to be able to utilize it more to give Nolan Arenado a day off his feet, to give Paul Goldschmidt a day off his feet, just, just do things like that. But the guy that I think has the biggest potential to replace some of that offense that you're going to lose in Albert Pujols is Nolan Gorman. And he's got 30 home run potential. He's got to limit the strikeouts. Uh, he is another, along with Tyler O'Neill, he is another player that Oliver Marmel has talked about a lot this week. They kind of gave him instructions at the end of last season on some things they wanted him to do to try to fix his swing because we saw all the strikeouts. After his first few months in the big leagues, he never hit more than 230. I think he was under 200 in September. He was striking out. He only had three home runs in his last two months. I mean, the numbers were not good, but they're really happy with the adjustments he's made on his swing. That'd be the guy when, when grapefruit league games begin and they start this Saturday, when those games begin, keep a really close eye on Nolan Gorman, because if the adjustments he made in the off season end up working, this is a guy who could be a really, really big offensive piece for this team. Right. Hey, Matt Pauly, we're running out of time uh, from Camo X Sports. Thanks so much for filling us in here on uh, spring training here on 97.1 FM Talk. You bet. Hey, I, I hope that when Matt's there, he's careful when he goes to restaurants. There's a lot of great restaurants in Jupiter, Florida. But the biggest problem when you go to a restaurant in Jupiter, Florida, is making sure that you don't trip over all the walkers that are lined up at the front door. So you gotta you got to watch out for those walkers in Jupiter, Florida. Hey, Brad Young, coming up next, we're going to talk to George Rosenthal about Chat GPT on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 